0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can just see Lisa McCaffrey tripping mushrooms, wearing like a Jalen Ramsey jersey. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm, we'll see. We'll see what happens. No, no, don't, don't wear, don't, wear,
1: yeah. don't take mushrooms <laughs> and go to a game. No. no, no. <laughs> Marilyn, I will not do that, okay?
2: Welcome to your mom. Your mom podcast. Your mom's podcast. This isn't any podcast This is your mother's podcast. My mom's podcast. Nah, dude, she's your mom. With Asti Allison and Lisa McCaffrey. Your mom is a podcast. Shut up, dude. If you're
0: having a tough day, you've come to the right place. If you're having a great day, you've also come to the right place. No matter what kind of day you are having, your cup is is about to get filled up because we have an absolutely fabulous guest today on your mom. So Lisa, because of that, I'm not gonna let you screw around with the nonsense in the open like you usually do. We're gonna get right to this, all right? <laughs> let's go. I'm ready. Okay, but I I'm guess, not saying a word then let's go. Uh, no, okay, but there is one thing before before we bring in the beautiful Marilyn. Before we get to our guest, I have to ask you about the video that went viral last <laughs> week. High school football team in About Illinois, the- if you haven't seen it, go look it up. They hold a mom's night and not like a mom's night where the players honor their moms or give them flowers or make them cards or make no. them cookies or whatever. Like this was what a mom's night should be. Moms show up full uniform, full uniform, head
3: to toe, pads, everything, taking each other out. It's like a dream come true. I've had mom's night on every team my kids have been on and, you know, there's we'll, we'll play the game never were we in pads. I don't think anyone, I think some moms were doing it in heels. I showed up, you know, as like, you know, my running shoes and whatnot. Never in my wildest dreams would I ever think to put on pads and it was gold. It, I I want my, I wish I could go back in time and have my kids play in Illinois so I could uh, participate in that. That looked so fun. It looked like a blast.
0: It was, you could tell it was cathartic too. Like the moms just yeah. lining up <laughs> full speed ahead, drilling their sons <laughs> And I, I think I had a lot of moms reach out. <laughs> well, no, when, I think they drilled I I how about we do this? We before
3: games, you can just make it a homecoming night like once a year. The moms on your team take
0: out the moms on the other
3: team, just or before. They each just kind of like have tackling drills with each other.
0: Now you're on to something. Now you're onto something, <laughs> you're onto something. energy. <laughs> First order of business in the offseason, Lisa McCaffrey, full pads, full speed, flattening 100%. every single one anyone, of your sons. Anyone. It's how we're gonna get this podcast to take off. We'd be so popular that HelloFresh wouldn't even be able to afford a sponsorship with us if we did this. <laughs> that's just what I'm saying. So
3: Ashley, and if we ever in our first fight, I think we should take it out on the field. When we get under, when we finally get our first fight going, well, we've had a few, but not real fights. We got a really heated fight. Let's just throw the pads on and then that's how we'll solve and it. You and name the time and place, right. sister.
0: Whoever, let's go. <laughs> Uh, Okay, I said we weren't going to mess around. And here we are talking about crushing each other in pads. But uh, (laughs) our guest today, I'm so excited about this. The mom of a former NFL quarterback who is one of the most incredible, interesting, genuine people I've ever met in my life. I worked with him at the Pac-12 Network. We're talking about Jake Plummer, star at ASU in the 90s, played 10 years in the NFL, uh, his first six with Arizona, and then became a teammate of Ed McCaffrey's in, what was that, 2003? I
3: believe so. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. One, he, two, three. Yep. And it was actually Ed's last year that Ed they Ed's last were, year. They so they crossed teammates. over one but year. memorable. I remember Jake Plummer. I yeah. love everybody Jake Plummer. Does. He's my, everybody does. Everybody Like literally, who doesn't? If he doesn't, there's something wrong with you. But yeah, he was, the just like you said, the most genuine. First of all, he was an amazing teammate. I've talked to Ed about it. But, but I can say, as a, I had just had my fourth boy, um, I was just so stressed. I'll never forget. Jake Plummer came to my house, picked up my oldest two and took them to Boondoggle, Boondocks. It's like a little amusement park. And like, I'll never forget, like this star of the football team, like the quarterback of the football team is picking up my kids and just taking there. You know, not asking for like babysitting money or anything. Taking my kid, and they remember it. Um, Christian told me today. He goes, "Yeah, I remember Max and I got in a fight." I'm like, "Well, Jake Plummer will
0: never have kids. I'm sure you <laughs> you ended that, but <laughs> he um, didn't ruin him for life because Jake does fight, have so. kids now. But that, Lisa, that story is exactly. I know, yeah, thank God. He you know, that. I feel like that is who. That's just one small example of of who Jake Plummer is. He was never. I mean, he was a superstar, but he never was. He is the most normal down-to-earth guy. He walked away from a ton of money in Denver when he decided to retire, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, He's now a mushroom farmer in Colorado. Jake the Snake is what they call him. He refers to his mom, Marilyn, as the mama goddess. And we are thrilled to have her (laughs) on the podcast because here's the deal. If you have given birth to Jake Plummer, then you are officially a mama goddess. And I just have to say, Marilyn, it is great to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you. <laughs> with all of our technical problems, I guess we're going now.
0: <laughs> we have had a few technical difficulties, but you know what? We're here now and we're together and that's all that matters. Uh, I got to start with a closer okay. knit group. <laughs> I already feel so close to both of you, um, given what we've gone through in the last <laughs> 30 minutes. I got to start though, Marilyn, <laughs> tell me, did you like Jake the snake, the The nickname? Were you Were you down with that? Well,
1: he was reading the autobiography of Kenny Stabler, or the biography, one of the two, and and his middle brother, Eric, walked by and said, that's who you are. You're Jake the Snake. So he was playing baseball, and he was on the all-star team at that point in time. So he went up and told him, when you introduce me, introduce me as Jake the Snake Plumber. And that's kind of how that all started. And then when... A funny story: When he went to the Senior Bowl in Alabama, um, Kenny Stabler was there, and he sent him a picture of himself signed from one snake to another. <laughs> and then, about two hours later, he sent him another one. <laughs> We're like, he has two photos of Kenny from from one snake to another. <laughs> So I love that because be I th- the
0: story that I had heard was that it was, he was, it was a tribute to the professional wrestler, Jake, the snake Roberts.
1: No Kenny Stabler. It, you know, the, he was the snake. All
3: right. I, yeah, now yeah. I'm glad that we so, were <laughs> setting the record straight already. Yeah. Marilyn, when Jake was here, we went, I don't know who somebody had a party. I think it was a birthday party for him. And, um, Ed and I used to give uh, animals as gifts for birthdays and whatnots to players. Cause what do you get? a What do you get an NFL player? They have everything under the sun. So we gave Jake a corn snake, a live corn snake and come to find out Jake oh, hates snakes oh. hates them as do I, I can relate. And um, I think he ended up giving it to another player who had kids. <laughs> That's
1: a f- I never heard that story. He's better now. He's better with, he's a lot better with snakes now because he, that was kind of silly to be scared of him.
0: I just kind of love that you and Ed had the ball to like buy Jake Plummer a live snake. Like that's that takes yeah, some yeah. gumption. I, I respect that. Can I say before we jump into this, my favorite memory of Jake Plummer? But obviously, when I worked with him, he I can have a million memories from how great he was and how down-to-earth he was and how comfortable he made everybody on the set. But my favorite memory of watching Jake play was in 2005, and obviously I'm a huge Broncos fan and grew up in Denver. My college boyfriend, who I met at Boston College, was a very obnoxious New England Patriots fan. And I think Brady and Tom Brady and the Pats had just won the last two Super Bowls. So they were, you know, as all Patriots fans are, very confident and whatever. We go to the game together. He flies out. We go to the game together. And Jake was fantastic, and the Broncos won that game. And I will say it is probably the most gratifying regular season win I have ever witnessed. It was like my favorite Broncos win. They also beat him in the playoffs later that year, but sitting next to Steve watching Jake Plummer crush the Patriots was just, I will, I will never forget that moment. And I'm thankful to Jake for that. So that's my, I didn't buy him a live snake, but I One of snake, my favorites
1: too.
3: Yeah. We we were at that game too, as fans. (laughs) Ed and I, and
0: we brought one of my sons.
3: Yeah. I'll never forget it also. It was a great game. Oh, it was was an
0: awesome game. It was, it was a beautiful day. It was an awesome game. Okay. So we're going to dive into Jake's past, but Marilyn, can we start with what he's doing right now? Like if someone on the street says, Hey, how's your son? What is, what is Jake doing? What, what would you describe his livelihood as now?
1: Um, well, his Michael love mushroom business. I, he kind of, he and and ha- he had a friend, and they started Umbo, which was to make bars and healthier protein uh, substances than what you can really get. And so, from there, um, this mushroom grow came up. And so he's like, "Yeah, I'll try that." Well, then you know they started growing the medicinal mushrooms and and started another company, Myco Love, um, and. The tinctures are great. And and one really good thing, I had COVID in June and kind of got the brain fog, you know, after I got over it. And the lion's mane tincture is really helpful for that. And I notice a difference when I don't take it. Wow. And so that's it. a really good thing. Not widely known, but should be because I think a lot of people that had COVID ended up with that. Um, the brain, you know, fog. kind of just—it's hard to—it's hard to explain it if you haven't had it. You know, yeah, really is hard, but to it explain. is like a fog. And people always say, "You know, oh, well, you're getting older," and I'm like, "This is different <laughs> than the older memory lapses."
3: <laughs> what is this product now? How do you do? You eat them like in
1: a bar? Like how do you consume the mushrooms, or do you make a shake and drink it? I just put them in a little cup. And then maybe add some of my coffee because I don't okay. love the taste. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a ooh, this is yummy. You know, right. it's more like this is kind of medicinal. It's not bad. It's an earthy taste. Earth, yeah, but he's he's very involved in that. You know, he was involved in the, um, you know, getting uh, Charlotte's Web. Yes, CBD. That. You know, like. Going out and talking about that because, oh, marijuana, you know, we don't want anything to do with that. But especially in the NFL and and now he's into the mushrooms, <laughs> which we really liked mushrooms back in the day in the 70s, but... <laughs> I think we always took way too many. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the ones back in the 70s, was it it was it was the, I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but the psychosylamin, whatever that one, is that the one that was, does he add that to it as well? Yes. The, yes the, that, that's the hallucinogenic that was the one. <laughs> portion. Yeah. Yeah. That's supposed to be a pretty intense. I yes. love it. But they're finding, I know Psilocybin. you probably know this. Philoside, There you go. You say it right. But they're finding that that can really help with depression, alcoholism. Um, like it's like uh, they're claiming it could be a, a cure all to a lot of um, mental illnesses. So, um, it's fascinating. I read up on that a lot. Well, small um,
1: doses.
3: Small, right, the micro dosing. Yeah, not exactly.
1: Five, five mushroom caps at it. Right, night. not like <laughs> what you
3: were doing back in the seventies. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I realize I am never doing this unless I'm in the mountains, you know, around trees and like streams and things that are beautiful, you know, not in town. Can because, you tell me you know, your favorite sort of like open
0: you up? I, I really want to hear Marilyn, like you're from back in the 70s. like tell me your best mushroom story. like what give me give me an anecdote from one time when maybe you had five caps or seven. <laughs> or seven cups. Um,
1: you you want to know, just a favorite time of mine yeah. in the seventies. Yeah, just
3: tell us your best trip you've ever had. Yeah. There we go.
1: Well, we went backpacking up in the in the mountains, um, in the you know in the white clouds, and um, to this lake called China Lake, and Steve and I, their dad, and the three boys, and. Jake caught his first fish and he was just this little tiny blonde haired boy and he could barely hold it. <laughs> and then we have a picture of it. Steve has a picture of him with that fish on the line, you know, reeling it in. And he was like three years old and that wasn't even his first backpacking trip. His first one was when he was 18 months old. And his dad ended up carrying him in, in addition to his pack <laughs> when we walked out. But um, that's one of my favorite memories, you know, being with the whole family up in the, you know, it was a probably a two mile hike in and um, hiked out in the rain. And that was really fun. And he was okay, just this little tiny boy. So I got wait, so wait, I gotta ask, got a
0: different type of trip. I think we're talking about it. yeah. So were you on mushrooms <laughs> for this? Oh, oh mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, oh, I wanna I hear about am, your favorite I mushroom trip. Do. I,
1: I don't have a favorite one because the last one, the last time was not that fun because we <laughs> we went to the drive-in movie and <laughs> uh, it was Clint Eastwood, Hang' em High and for a few dollars more midway, very shortly into the first movie, I'm like, I, I need to leave right now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be open psychically and see Clint Eastwood and hang him high. It was awful. And so I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah, not a recommendation. Okay, and, good. And
1: one, oh, one favorite time, we went skiing with some friends and it was a beautiful bluebird day. And, and that was totally fun. That was Being a, out in that nature, was a I imagine. experience. The hang them yeah. high for a few dollars more was not. No, <laughs> <laughs> But the skiing day, we were so good. We were just such great skiers and, and we had such a good time and, and went to hot springs afterwards. And that was, that was
0: fun. Memorable. That sounds so fun. That sounds so fun. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. That's, that's We've awesome.
1: got pictures and we were all sun and That was the good life Wait, in yeah. how old the 70s. Were you then? How old were you then? Uh, probably 28 okay. years old, maybe 29. Were you Were you married then with kids yet? Or? Let me think. Yes. Yeah. We had all three. I was a young mom. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think you were too.
3: Yeah. I- same. I was too. Yeah. Especially compared to my friends. Yeah.
1: And it was kind of fun growing up with them. It was fun growing up because we were all, we were wanted to be real active and do stuff. And I had wonderful parents that always wanted the kids. So we also could drop them off and go do things. You know, we were kind of more free than a lot of people are when they're young and have little kids because my mom always never said no. And then one year, um, we, Steve had kind of quit his job, and we got ski passes at our Bogus Base and our local ski hill, and and we'd drop the kids off and go skiing, and then she started calling in the morning about eight o'clock. Are you planning to drop the kids off and? I'd say, "Are we going today?" And he'd go, "Yeah, let's do." Because <laughs> she was checking to see if we were going skiing. So that was a pretty fun time. Not didn't last very long. You had to go back to work, but that, that it was fun. We loved to ski and and bought passes every year when when I was a single mom. I mean, the boys went up up you know a lot of the weekend days when they weren't in school or having a sporting event. They all had mini sporting events. It's my life. I'm a sports watching mom. (laughs) And now grandma and aunt. Did you push them? Not push them, but did you introduce them to sports? Did you want them to play? No,
3: No, (laughs) I didn't
1: want them to play football. (laughs) And I didn't really let my two older ones. I'm like, no, I don't want. Did they all three play football? They did in high school. Yes. Yeah. Eric was a, a defensive back, and and he should have been the quarterback because he has until Jake was a senior in at Arizona State, Eric could still out throw him with the football. <laughs> so he was really good at it, but he didn't want it. He didn't want the notoriety of being, or you know, the pressure of being that person. He he wanted to be a defensive back, and he was really good. And he had an offer from a small college in Washington to. To play football but he when he went to college, but he, he didn't want to. And Brett played his, his junior year and then he broke his ankle. Oh. And so when he came back from that, he had to rehab it by doing a lot of uh, running and he really enjoyed that. So he became a track person and oh, he wow. actually um went to Brown University on a partial track scholarship.
0: Can I can I real quick double back on something? So, we were talking about, you know, and and I think we talked about the stigma that's attached, right? Going back to what Jake is doing now with mushrooms. I think there is and Jake when I was talking to him the other day he said there's like an awakening right now and that stigma that's been attached to mushrooms for so long, like that's all changing and there's there was a big article in the Wall Street Journal this week about psilocybin and the studies showing that it's helping as lisa mentioned all these different things and disorders but my question for you Marilyn, do you think that mushrooms would help lisa enjoy her son's <laughs> football games more because a couple of episodes ago lisa talked about how much anxiety she has on game day help so i'm me, trying Marilyn, to help, help her me. so do you think that some of those tinctures there's maybe some bars no. like if she just had a little something that that might you don't think that would help her
1: oh the the not the psilocybin mushrooms. No, no don't do no. that.
0: No, 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 I, no. The, but some uh, of the non hallucinogenic right. Yes,
1: I think the lion's mane would really help you. And and okay. Jake said, I said, can Lisa come see your mushroom grow? And he said, absolutely. And then he said, McCaff has my number. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I'm on. So, I'm, I'm calling him right yes. now. I'm, I'm texting him right now. Absolutely. Yes.
3: We were talking Love about
0: it. doing our next episode live from the mushroom farm.
3: I'm, I want to take a visit out there. I want to see it. That would
1: be good. Cool. It's, it's kind of just a big warehouse with all these substrate, which is a word that I never knew, but it's the medium that they grow the mushrooms in. And ah, they're so cool. I got to go out there and pick some you know, like, and you have to go underneath and you have these big, beautiful mushrooms that you're, that you're picking and it's very fun. It's real fun, but the tinctures are really strong and good. And I do notice, like I said, if I, when I take the lion's mane, it's noticeable to me that it helps. And, and that's the brain one that the neurons. Okay. And then
3: there's, the re- reishi is that a, a relaxant? The, the is that the reishi mushroom? I was trying yes. to. I was, I, that's yes. the more relaxed. So if I did a combination of, what, can you comp- combine them? Is that legal? Will I get in trouble? Will I get kicked out?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no. I I take them all. I, okay. I I made a mistake one time, and I took some cordyceps and some lion's mane in the evening. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> took me a long time to go to sleep, and the next morning I told Jake, and he goes, "Oh, you don't ever take those at night." <laughs> oh, and I'm oh like, okay, good. I found that out. I need the recipe the, for they give that, you energy. energy.
3: Okay, I'll take that in the morning, but not the day of a game. I need something to calm me down the day of a game, so I don't. Freak out. So so that's the lion's mane and the the I think the rishi, right?
0: <laughs>
1: the rishi. Yeah.
3: We're gonna have Jake come up with like a
0: special Lisa McCaffrey <laughs> concoction.
1: <laughs> I take turkey tail, cordyceps, and lion's mane in the morning. And okay. then I take the rishi at night at in night. the evening. You know, before I go to bed. I love it. I love so it. So okay. I don't know. That might be. Jake would, he knows a little bit more about this. I'm <laughs> I'm learning. I'm just in the learning phase. I think
0: we're going to have to have him on the podcast. And I think we're going to have to go to his mushroom farm. I think that's just what's going to have to happen because I, I do, I I, uh, my brother-in-law, it would be a great podcast. And I'll, I'll just, last thing on this, I'd say my brother-in-law, who is a former Marine raider and, and served in Afghanistan and um, has been through some really, you know, horrible things as anyone who has served in the war and served the military has. But he says that microdosing has helped like rewire and heal his brain in a way that nothing else has even come close to. And in talking to Jake about it, and there's a great article, by the way, in the athletic that, um, that they just wrote on Jake the other week to go look that up. If you haven't Googled it, that talks about, Why you know the magic of of mushrooms and it's it's really interesting. I think there's an awakening going on right now. Not that people, not that mushrooms are new to humans, but they're rediscovering them in a way that isn't eating seven mushroom caps and going to watch Clint Eastwood. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. (laughs) So Marilyn, well, you know the
1: war on drugs was just really you know they weren't able to do research and and plants all plants really but particular plants have a lot of properties that are helpful to you know for people in certain circumstances and I think jake knows a guy I don't know him I haven't met him but he knows that takes um pe- you know soldiers with PTSD that are feeling suicidal and he takes them to Mexico where it's legal to do this and so far it's not legal and I think Maybe Colorado's trying to change that. I don't know the status of that, um, but I think it's maybe going to be on a ballot or something to make, you know, individual use of psilocybin legal. But I, wow. you know, when it's something's illegal, there's a lot of people that don't want to get involved and have anything to do with that.
3: Right, where, where can I? Where do you get the the mushrooms, like the lion's mane? How do you? How could I access that as a layperson?
1: <laughs> uh, my Mycolab, M Y C O L O V E, and I said dot com, and I was talking to um my insurance lady the other day, and she went on and she just Googled it, and it and okay. then she got it from Google because she said that didn't work on her phone, but that's that's what it is and i'll find it and um i haven't been on the website because jake just sends them to me
0: okay you gotta I'll get on the jake mailing program <laughs> whatever <laughs> jake's mama bundle the is like lisa and name. i want to yeah, get I think down on
1: that him. <laughs> i had a bobblehead of ed and jake <laughs> did you know there was one i i, I, I was, did Yes, and I've i think I, gave, I think i gave that to jake but i was thinking about that when i when you were going to be on like i had a bobblehead of those two
3: (laughs) i remember ed looking quite distorted as a bobblehead whoever made that it was it was pretty comical yeah i think we still have one stored away somewhere but um that's actually pretty neat and now here we are look at this but um did you know that jake Plummer was santa for my kids one year as well He came to our house dressed as Santa and I asked asked, um, Dylan, Dylan, by the way, Ashley, a couple episodes ago, I claimed that Dylan was my least favorite. Well, he's moved up in the pecking order. He is now my favorite. I had coffee with him yesterday. (laughs) He calls me. So if anything, this podcast did, it has like made us have a stronger relationship because he he didn't listen to it, but everybody called him and was like, like Dylan, you got to call your mom. You got to call your mom. He's like, what? I, I talked to her every now and then. He's like, no, you got to call her more <laughs> often. So yesterday I we love were having that. coffee at a coffee shop in Greeley. And he, um, I asked, Oh, do you remember Jake Plummer? I go, do you remember when he was Santa? He goes, no, I just thought Santa really came to our house one year <laughs> and, it was, <laughs> and it was Jake full costume. <laughs> it was the best. Oh my gosh. Oh, Did you no have to tell love. Dylan that Santa yeah, doesn't exist? Fantastic.
0: Did you was it was I, yesterday I, the day that you told Dylan that Santa does exist? I finally exist? told him at age 23.
1: <laughs> How do you have a favorite? How I, I I couldn't have a favorite. Marilyn,
3: I really truly don't tell him this. I don't. But it's the one way I can get them motivated. So right now, Luke's my least favorite because he doesn't call me. He hasn't called me in two days and I've called him. We've texted. Oh, okay. but that's how I judge. <laughs> and it changes literally by the minute, just so you know. So it's it's silly. And I they know I don't really mean. That I wouldn't have- work for me. Yeah, with your three. I know. Really? That
1: wouldn't work for me. Why not? If, if I said I had a favorite because they <laughs> called me, the, the other ones would not call just because oh, I said just- that. <laughs> <laughs> That would not work. It would- you have to know what motivates <laughs> your
0: children too. I think that's important, right?
1: People used to say to me, "How's your son?" and and I just always say, "Which one?" You know, I have three. <laughs> you know, of yeah. course they met Jake because he's he's the one that people knew about. You know, my the the person at the copy place that I went to or whatever, you know, how's your son? Which one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) How was that dynamic? Because Uh, Marilyn, I think that's something that we've uncovered as we've gone through this, you know, and and, and interviewed moms. And usually when they're, and Lisa and I have talked about this with, with, with Christian, when you have multiple children who are all successful in their own right, like your, your two older boys are incredible from all accounts are incredible people and dads and very successful in their own lives, but you have one who's a superstar who everybody knows. How do you, what was that? What's that family dynamic like? How did you maneuver that as a, as the mom?
1: Um, his brothers were, you know, they felt kind of partially responsible for his success because they were always working with him and, and having him throw the football. I remember once he came home from track and Eric's like, or maybe it was baseball, tracker baseball. And Eric's like, come on, let's go throw the football. Jake's like, I'm tired. I don't want to, you know, after they ate dinner. And he's like, you can't be tired. You know, if you want to go on to the next level, you got to work through that. And Jake's like, all right. <laughs> they went out and threw the football in the That's road. Awesome. And, and I, I just remember, Eric says, I don't remember saying that. And I said, well, you know, I do because. You know, they were just like you've you've got to be the best. You know, like, and so they were always. They felt kind of responsible for some of his success. I'm not responsible, but right, but they helped him with that. They had a play in it. Yeah. Oh, so and so proud of him. That's great. They, you know, I was proud of them for never being jealous of him. You know, they they were very supportive, and they were all. You know, Eric was. um, University of Montana, and Brett was at Brown, and Jake was still home, and I told them they could call each other whenever they wanted, and sometimes my phone bill would be kind of amazingly (laughs) high, but I, I just wanted them to be able to stay in touch with each other. You know, this was back when you still paid for long distance, right? Right. <laughs> which now you just have your cell phone; you can call anytime, which is right. FaceTime everything. You know, I now wanted them to talk to each other, and you know, they stayed close that way, and and yeah, the, you know, they they were real supportive. We went to a game in Arizona one time, and they were supportive, but they also didn't you know, like, oh, Jake, you're so great. You know, Eric was wearing a Larry Sanders jersey that he'd cut the sleeves off of. Oh. And so, you know, after the game, we all went to the family area. They had an area out in the parking lot for the families to wait for the players to come, you know, where they had drinks and different things. And and Eric comes to, to the family area and the, the security's like, you can't come in here. And, and Eric's like, well, my brother is a player. And he says, who's your brother? And he's like, Jake Plummer. And he said, why do you have a Larry Sinner's jersey on? <laughs> he's like, oh, uh-huh. I'm a fan of his too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> They had to come get me to I uh, you know, say, yes, this is my son. He can come in. Cause he thought he was just some random fan trying to get in the family area. (laughs) I love that.
3: (laughs) That's so funny. I always thought it would be really funny when Ed was playing to wear the DB that he had to go up against. I thought that would like, maybe I was like, Oh, maybe that would rile (laughs) it up. I never did it. I never had the, the kahunas to do it, but I always thought, Oh, Maybe that'll really motivate him to have a good game this game. But yeah, I never. Did,
0: that just so. says everything. Like Lisa, I'm. I really wish. I'm surprised that you never did that. I guess probably. No, do
1: to, I can know. you imagine?
0: Like actually, it, it's funny to think about. But then walking in to Mile High yeah. with. Yeah. The opposing right. jersey <laughs> with the uh, like Raiders, D-
3: whoever the yeah, whoever oh my the lead for the Raiders yeah. was, yeah. that would or be Dale Carter jersey on Kansas City, like you know,
0: coming whoever in, was, that that was directing so those that. broadcasts, <laughs> and then they find they're like Lisa McDonald's, nobody would wearing...
3: understand
1: that humor, Lisa <laughs>
3: right? I don't think so. I think I would get in trouble. So. I would love I it. I thought about it too with Christian, too, like wearing. I don't know, <laughs> you still have whoever, time, he has to go up against. Them. I still have a little bit of time. No, hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's if we're no, trying different I things, not. I don't. I could you know. You know it would create a rift and make them really mad at me thus I never did it and don't think I ever will but I thought it was a funny concept
0: <laughs> I mean can you just imagine <laughs> it is like a funny concept <laughs> yeah I, I can just see Lisa McCaffrey tripping mushrooms wearing like a Jalen Ramsey jersey <laughs> I just yeah. I don't know I'm we'll see we'll see what happens no, don't, don't wear really well. don't yeah.
1: Don't Take mushrooms <laughs> and go to a game. No. No. no, Marilyn, I will not do that. Okay.
0: <laughs> Marilyn keeps like being like, actually, you are misinterpreting my advice.
3: Or watch a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> yeah, term- those so are the two things we're dumb, not doing. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. Is she? Are good. I would like to know if that helps you. I would like if you take those, if you try them and go to, you know, see if that helps you be calmer. You know, no, I'm literally game. calling
3: Jake. As soon as we're off, I'm calling Jake and having him sending send me some lion's mane and Rishi for sure. And I'm gonna try that 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 concoction before I need a bite before next Saturday though. Can you get it to me that fast?
1: <laughs> what now is that the game at Northern Arizona? Um is no, next Saturday game? starts Christians? college. Not, no, not Christian yet. It
3: starts So, um, Northern call. Yeah. University of Northern Colorado, um, is their opener. And then my other son, Luke plays out at rice and they open against USC. So I'm going to have to double down on the Rishi that day.
1: Oh, Oh, two (laughs) players playing. Oh my goodness. Oh, there's a (laughs) whole,
0: Lisa's got, you wonder why it's she's wound so tight on game days, Marilyn. She's got (laughs) a husband, Who's the head coach, uh, then oldest son, who's the offensive coordinator at UNC. Her third oldest son is the quarterback at UNC. And then Luke, baby Luke, sweet baby Angel Luke is a receiver at Rice Perfect and will play playing at USC. Luke. So there's, and, oh, not, and that's my, not before Christian manager. even starts his season. Officially, so that's yeah. why she needs like the double dose of whatever the mama bundle is. Okay, I'm getting
3: nervous thinking about it. I want to. Tell I you, oh, help!
0: <laughs> you said something to me, Marilyn, when we were on the phone the other day about Jake's senior year at ASU. And for those of our listeners who aren't familiar, um, it was the most special you know season that ASU's had. They go undefeated. It was Jake's senior year, total breakout year. They played in the Rose Bowl for the national championship. Came like this close to winning the Natty. But you said that that was the most stress that you ever felt. So how did you handle that season? Because there were so many unbelievable games that season.
1: Well, and when they played USC double overtime, and it would be fourth down and four yards or, you know, and here's this going on to you know be in the rose bowl is on the line right here and somehow rather they get the first down you know, like oh my god sometimes I just have to sit down and everybody be standing up and I just sit down for a minute and like I don't know if I can watch this and I ate Rolades. I had a pack of Rolades that I would keep eating because you know it was so important, you know, it, there was so much on the line, you know, for for that. So that's, yeah. that's what I did. But, you know, I've since learned to just, you know, set your intention that they're going to be safe and not be injured. And that's what you want to focus on.
3: Absolutely. Focus
1: on that. They're yeah. safe. They won't, you yes. know, because you don't want to put the worry out there into the ethers when they're playing, you know, you want to just if you start to, ah, you know, like then just say they're safe, they're safe and they're going to walk off the field and yes. Good advice.
3: Good advice. Thank you. I know that's great great. advice. So pulling back on, um, my sons, Christian and Max, when Jake took them to boondoggles, they got in a fight and I asked Christian, what, you know, what were you guys fighting about? And he said, Oh, mom, we would compete all the time. We were, you know, playing putt-putt and, you know, I was beating him or he was beating me and we were mad. <laughs> did your boys compete? Did they fight and compete um, with each other? Cause they're all great constantly. athletes. Yes. Okay. I feel better.
1: <laughs> they, constantly they were not, they never let Jake win. He had to <laughs> win on his own. You know, we were playing wiffle ball one time when he lived up in the mountains and um, with some friends, they were over there playing wiffle ball and, and they, if they were pitching, you know, if my friends were, they were older, they were three brothers that were older and they'd pitch him a nice little pitch that he could hit, but Brad or Eric would throw it really hard, you know, and say, Hey, you guys, come on. And he goes, Hey, if he wants to play, he's got to be able to compete. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, So that, that was That was their attitude. That's funny you said that because I asked
3: Ed when he played with him and it was Ed's last year and Ed himself was struggling with with some health issues because he uh, had broke his leg two years prior. So he's trying to come back from that. So blah, 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 whatever. But um, he said what he remembers about Jake is that he'd be like really loose and, and goofy. And then all of a sudden game time, he would flip a switch and he goes he was the most fierce competitor one of the most fierce competitors he's ever played with and just flipped it and was like incredibly competitive and was just that's what part of the reason that what made him so great on the field besides his is in athletic ability which Ed said was just off the chart too and i don't know if he this is just a natural thing in your family but your other son who ran the um 1500 or whatever he said jake had more stamina than anybody so you're talking about all those double overtime games he just Jake had so much stamina. I mean, I mean, maybe living in altitude, I don't know. But he said, I mean, he had it all. He literally, he could compete like a fiend. Um, his stamina was incredible and he was a great player. So he was just, I mean, he was a blast to watch looking back. He was so much fun and and fun for Ed to play with, even though it was only one year. So just a just a stud out there. So gosh, yeah, kudos to you. I'm Lisa,
0: I'm glad you told that story because Marilyn, I'm curious for you. I, I was talking to one of his former teammates, Gus Farwell. Um who's a fantastic guy. He was the backup behind Jake, uh, at ASU for a few years, but he described Jake the same way. He said, he's one of the fiercest competitors that he's ever met, but he's so goofy. And he had the ability to go to like a laser focus in an instant. And he said, it was hard for some guys to follow that because, you know, you go from like having a good time, everything's good until zoom, you're there, you are like in it. And he was saying, I'd be curious where that came from. And I'm, I'm curious too. Where did you see that from Jake, the ability to be this fun, loving down to earth, sweet salt of the earth guy, but then in an instant flip the switch and be totally laser focused on what had to happen?
1: Well, I think part of that was his brothers, you know, and always, you know, being the underdog when he was little, you know, and, and having to try, really hard to stay in the game even you know? yeah. <laughs> and he had to be real competitive and they they constantly they had a game they'd we have a um sand you know driveway because we live kind of in the foothills and they'd go out and draw a court and play one bounce <laughs> you know like it, it could bounce only one time you had to get okay. it back I mean they, they were always playing something you know, and it was always a competition between them and they didn't usually get mad. You know, if he got mad, they would really ridicule him for, you know, come on, it's a game, you know, like, you don't get mad when you're playing a game. And, and um, I think that helped him when he, you know, when he started went on to the next levels and they always kept him humble <laughs>
0: you know, they they didn't. That's let why him you get have brothers and siblings. That's, yep. Exactly. That's the best part <laughs> of is, siblings is it, it they is. will keep you. It they is. will keep you humble.
1: But but I think that that ability to do that, he had that when he was when he was little. Yeah. You know, like he when he was like in fifth grade and was playing, and they they had this a really great coach in in the in the league when they were in, when he was in the fifth grade. And I didn't want him to play. I he had to beg me to let him join. So I'm just like, he was not beefy in any stretch. (laughs) He was a real thin, lean kid. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, mom, we play tackle football on the playground at school and we don't even have pads. So I'm (laughs) going to be safer playing on a team. <laughs> like, so I finally said, okay, okay. And, and he had so much fun and he had a coach and I mean, they did things like they even did flea flickers, their little team and the dads would just crack up when they would do these plays, you know, cause, cause he was really good. And, and that's when they took some footage of him and, and there's a show called under the helmet that the NFL did, I don't know, years ago. I don't even remember what year, but they took some of that footage of Jake leaping over, a, you know, a bunch of kids with the football to make the first down. And then they showed Walter Payton doing the same thing. Oh my and gosh. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. They just compared him to Walter Payton. I, mean, and That's I, yeah, I thought that is an honor. Yeah. You oh know, my that God. was one of his favorite players. Steve Grogan, Walter Payton, and I can't remember the other one, but he thought he'd be a running back. That was his plan, to be a running back. And I look at him, and I could have said, look at yourself. <laughs> I'd say, well, you better eat healthy. We, we, uh, my mom was a health, kind of a health nut you know, we had tofu in the sixties before it was even a thing in the stores, you know, and she was a vegetarian, but she was very focused on nutrition. And so I was too, you know, so, you know, we always ate really well. And I, I think, you know, that was kind of strong bones, you know, and their, and their ability to, you know, we didn't eat a lot of sugar, you know, I, I, kept, you know, just homemade stuff, cookies and stuff like that. But um, I don't know if that's why they were just healthy and he had stamina because, or just, you know, their dad's family were pretty, you know, their dad, he didn't compete in sports because he was kind of a Fonzie type guy when he was in high school, (laughs) but he was probably the most coordinated person I have ever known. You know, he, I mean, he could jump. He was just extremely coordinated. And I think all the boys got that from him and nutrition for me. So we are. <laughs>
3: that's great. That's a that sounds like the, the recipe for success. That's a that's a great start. Yeah, that's fantastic. At what age did you think Jake that you knew Jake had a potential to be in the NFL or make it in, in sports and, as a quarterback or or what? When did you see that he was exceptional?
1: Well, I always knew he was good, but he was, you know, small and, right. and thin. And I just, I really didn't, I mean, that was his dream. And from like third grade on, that was what he wrote his papers about. And that's what he talked about. And I <laughs> I really didn't think it was going to happen, but I thought, well, I'm certainly not going to put a damper on his dream. You know, this is his dream. And I'd just say, well, you better work really hard and, and eat a lot of vegetables and be really healthy if that's what you want to do. And, and you know, as he got older, he was, you know, he was really good at, at being a quarterback. I mean, that was not what he wanted to be. He wanted to be a running back. <laughs> wow. And he joined this team. His friends, ta- they both talked me into join- letting him join this little team. And so then his friend was the quarterback and he threw a pass to Jake and Jake went out and caught it and then he threw it back and his coach told me later he like like hold on he just threw a spiral. He just threw a perfect spiral and he's like come here Jake I want Casey you go out for a pass <laughs> and, and and he threw a perfect spiral and he's like I'm switching positions here and <laughs> Jake's like no coach I don't want to be the quarterback because that's Casey's job and he's like listen you don't tell the coach what you want you do what the coach says and he's like okay he learned that at a really young age do what the coach says you know and he always did that I think I think he always listened to the to the coach because you know I had an understanding you know and I was listening to to Ryan's Leafs mom You know, and and you need more than just talent and ability and size to be successful, you know, the higher you go. And you know that. Right. You know that. It's, you know, it's um, attitude and
3: perseverance. A lot
1: of things go into it. Some luck, a little bit of luck and the ability to stay focused on what you want. Right. You know, and what yeah. the you know, be a team player. Not everyone's a team player. Right. And right. I Jake, definitely was his team was really important to him.
0: Well, and Marilyn, I think it's obvious that his teammates <laughs> loved him. I think it's I think it's obvious that his teammates loved him. Um, A special relationship that he had with someone that I think most everybody knows, whether you're a football fan or not, was Pat Tillman. They were teammates at ASU. They also played in the NFL together for the Cardinals. And most people know the story, but after 9-11, Tillman left the NFL, enlisted in the army, and two years later he was killed by friendly fire. I think he was 27 years old. So I'd love to ask you, but before we, you know, start to wrap up. Yeah, what do you remember first about Pat and Jake's relationship? And then how did Pat's death impact your son?
1: Well They were real close friends, and Jake Jake always said he was, you know, like after Pat was killed, he said, I wanted to see what he was gonna do because he was such an amazing guy. He said he would have done something really great, mom. But he didn't he didn't say anything either way about him joining the army. I did. I tried really hard to talk him out of it. Jake had a camp here in the summer and and Pat would come to that. And, you know, so I got to know him pretty well. And he felt like he needed to give back, you know, that he'd had so much success and so much so many good things happened to him. And he was from a military family. I knew his parents and you know, they had three boys and he was the middle boy. And I just I had three boys and I just his his mom wrote a book. Um, I think, Boots on the Ground, at Dawn or something like that. And I tried to read it. I've tried to read it multiple times. I can't. You know, I just get to a point in the book where it's like, uh, it's just too emotional to continue to read, you know, thinking about what they went through and what a big hole. You know, I think I could relate to that, what one of my son's, being gone would just be a big giant hole in your family so um
0: pat was an amazing guy how did how did jake handle when he passed away how did how did jake handle it what did you see from him
1: he was really devastated and you know we all kind of were really devastated but he made a sticker with pat's number and he put it on his helmet and then wore it one of the games and they said no it you know, has can't wear this on your helmet. And he didn't want to take it off. And so <laughs> they were gonna fine him twenty-five thousand dollars. If he wore it again, he was gonna pay twenty-five and go up, and then fifty, then a hundred, oh and then two hundred. And and so, you know, he his agents like, Jake, let's try to figure out a different way to spend that money than to do it in a fine. And and then the some wall street he jake told me this last night he said some guy on wall street called him and said i'll pay that fine don't you take that sticker off <laughs> oh, wow. and then the, all the guys that oh i know it became a really huge deal and that wasn't really ever reported out that it was but and then the the soldiers or the air force guys in in um Colorado Springs, they started calling and saying, we'll chip in, we'll pay these fines. And it was like there was not going to be a good end to this. So his agent negotiated and they did a Pat Tillman day where they honored Pat at one of the Denver Broncos games. And then Jake put the sticker inside his helmet and then he decided to grow his hair and his beard to honor Pat and that was when he had the real long hair and the big beard and he was kind of the only one now everybody has weird hair and beards and it's not a big thing but then it was kind of unusual Uh, when he did it it was kind of an unusual thing but that was his way to honor Pat is in his own way he just wouldn't cut his hair or his beard (laughs) till the season ended (laughs) and so he kind of he kind of won in his own way, and they honored Pat at one of the games. You know, they put his picture up, and his and I think they left his number up there all season. You know, up by the screen. Yeah, and I think they still still do honor him um, to this
3: day. They have usually most teams have a a game or whatnot. I don't know. They they usually do an, and they honor him at some point in the season, um, which is nice. It's a nice tradition to honor his sacrifice, because, man, what a stud.
1: Jake stays in touch with his brothers, I think. I think they talk periodically. You know, his younger yeah. brother, Richard, particularly, they're pretty close with each other. So, yeah, that was hard. That was a tough yeah. tough thing to go through.
0: Yeah, that's one of those things where you, you know, I think, I mean, obviously the ultimate loss and tragedy, you talk about the hole that it would leave. It's, it's every parent's worst nightmare is to lose a child period, end of statement. But I'd probably say the next thing that you walk through with your kids is that they're going to lose people that are close to them in their lives. And, you know, being there for them and walking through that sadness with them is all part of being a parent as well. I want to hear a little bit about your background, Marilyn. I, I know, you know, you mentioned your mom, Hazel, I think was her name. And Jake has said that she was a huge influence on him. Uh, what, what was she like? And and do you see some of her in Jake it's or in your boys? Um, she was a
1: huge football fan of all things. And she was a, a pretty typical church lady mean, she was very religious and strict. And, um, she was a teacher and my sister and brother and I, we all laugh because she was such a good teacher that she taught us to think independently (laughs) and we all decided we weren't religious. (laughs) And, (laughs) and that was kind of disturbing to her because, you know, that was what, you know, her whole life was like that. But, and she took, you know, she would take the kids to church with her to the little, you know, to the kid church. And, and um, she, she was just really loving and supportive and education was really important to her as a teacher. And, and she was the best teacher I've ever seen. You know, she knew how, I remember once they got in an argument or a fight and, and she's like, you know, did you, did you take that from him? And one of the kids said, no. And she knew that he had. And she's like, well, instead of saying, you're lying, you don't get, you know, like I probably would have said, don't lie. And, and instead she said, um, well, I know that's the way you wish it would have happened, but we know what really happened. So it's best to tell the truth. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's, oh, that's okay. That's better. Way that. better than I would have <laughs> <I would've> done. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, like that's a lie. And you yeah. know, you know, like yeah. she was, she was just, she knew how to deal with kids and they spent a lot of time with her and and um you know i i need i was making cookies and i wouldn't have an egg i'm like oh man jake they lived across the road you know oh, wow. we we live kind of up above there's a canal and we lived up and they lived across the road so it was really awesome you know if i was late getting home or gone and they were hungry they'd run down to grandma's and she always had something to give them and and it was really good for my parents too, because they got to see the kids way more than they would have if they'd lived far, you know, somewhere else. And, and, um, they went down there at least once a day. And, and, you know, when Eric, my middle son kind of went through a rebellious time, you know, when he'd get mad, he'd go down there and she'd go, are you, you know, and she'd talk him out of it. And, and, um, it was just a really. It was nice, you know, to have my parents that close, and it was great for the kids too. And she was just this big.
0: She loved John Elway. Well, who I didn't? Know. Who didn't love John Elway? But now you. One now time, you're at, I have to it.
1: tell you this. One time at her church, they were all talking about um, what they could do better in their lives, you know, in their class, and and she's like, "Well, I could watch less TV," and and the teacher said. You watch soap operas, Mrs. Davis, and she's like, oh, no, football. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she watched. She watched football. And and she would never just watch football, though. She'd peel apples to make a pie or an a- sauce, or she'd manned. Or, I mean, she couldn't ever just sit there because that was just, you know, idle. Yeah, so she that, I, always was, same. you I know, get that. Would do something. <laughs> but she she knew the game, too. She knew, you know, and she'd go, he wasn't off sides. Or, you know, <laughs> she would comment on the calls they made. You know, at that point in time, I didn't know much about it. Because I I really learned football when Jake played because it was slow. You know, like you could see what was happening with the little kids, you know, like, and I, I learned the game then and thank goodness. Cause I sure did
0: watch a lot of it <laughs> over the years. A lot of hours, <laughs> a lot of hours watching football, a lot of roll aids. I, I, I feel like I have a thousand <laughs> more questions for you, Marilyn, but I want to be respectful yeah. of your time and we've already kept you long. And of course our um, technical difficulties didn't help add to this, but I, I, we, we usually end our with debacle two- our debacle, the, yes, but we're we're yeah. working through it. It's good. We're here together now. We <laughs> usually, we typically end these interviews with you know two questions. Number one being, what would you do differently if you could go back and do it all again? Is there anything that you would change or do differently as a mom?
1: You know, I thought about that, and I I couldn't really think. I thought, well, maybe I would be try to be a little more organized because you know, oftentimes it was kind of chaotic in our house <laughs> with three boys and all their sports and everything that was going on, <laughs> trying to keep everybody fed and, <laughs> you know, but I don't think I would do anything differently. We had a really great time together, you know, like it it would have been better if we could, have you know, if, if their dad and I had been able to stay together, but that just was it possible? And so we made the most of it. And, um, you know, they had a pretty good growing up, you know, they, they, in fact, I don't know what I did with my phone, but I asked my son, Eric, I said, what was the best thing about me being your mom? And he just wrote me this beautiful, he said, you always, you always supported us in everything we wanted to do. And you were there for us if we needed something and and um, you fixed meals for us every night. And, you know, it was just a really, it was better said than I'm saying it because he's a writer. but <laughs> That
3: has to make you feel good that you uh, were appreciated.
1: Yes. It, yeah, it made me feel really good. Yeah. They, and, and I guess, you know, when you get older, you notice that at the time when you're a kid, you don't, think my mom's supporting me, but I did. I went to all their games that I could go to. And and if they wanted to do something that was a positive thing, I tried really hard to make that happen for them. Oh, he said, you always, I always had new cleats and new basketball shoes.
0: Well, and you were doing it, you were doing it, Marilyn, as a single mom. With support
1: from my parents and my sister. And she had four kids, and they spend a lot of time with us. So we had, you know, all of the kids did a lot of things together. And that was really, they were really close to their cousins. And, and, you know, I I wanted that. I wanted them to be close to each other. I always said what, what I really hoped for them when they grew up, that they would be people that I wanted to hang out with and be friends with. I <laughs> you know? love that. I love it. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was my goal. And that happened. So you won. I don't you did know it. that I would change anything.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think. And I think that's a beautiful we, way to look at it. We had fun. We had a lot of fun. That is. Okay. So you heard what, so Eric wrote you something that was beautiful, right? Well, your youngest baby boy, I asked him yes. and he went one step further and sent me a video. So I'm going to play this for you. This is, uh, I asked Jake, I said, what's the best thing about having Marilyn as your mom?
2: Hey, mom. (laughs) What I love the most about you, (laughs) it's hard to put into words, but first of all, is that you birthed me into this wonderful world we live in. Uh, You also have shown me how to care and love for others, as you have always had an open door and an open heart and gave so much of yourself to those around you, especially me and my brothers, your three kids. You are so expansive and all-inclusive and your laugh is contagious. You make a badass oatmeal cookie. You always answer the phone <laughs> and you've put us first and a lot of other people first your whole life. So thanks for all the yummy meals, all the great advice. And for always being there to support and love me like a mama goddess would. I love you and always will.
3: <laughs> oh, that just makes me cry. <laughs>
1: That's awesome.
3: It's hard to live up to.
1: <laughs> that
3: was very nice. That was sweet. That says it all. I want a oatmeal cookie.
0: I was just going to say, can you give us your oatmeal recipe? What a recipe? great boy! <laughs> yeah. yeah, you he raised a great,
3: great family. It sounds like, and particular, I know Jake. I can attest to him. Man, whatever you did, you did it right. So kudos.
1: <laughs> They're kind of all like that, you know. There, and it's so much fun when we're all together, which isn't often anymore, you know. Right. And I. I you know, the grandkids are pretty awesome too. So, you know, I'm happy that we all like each other so much. I think that that makes a big difference in a family. You know, we, we never had big fights at Thanksgiving, you know, like everybody was so happy to see each other that we, we just had a good time. And, and I'm appreciative of that because that wasn't just me, you know, that was everyone in the family, but my brother, my sister, you know, we always, um, we're just happy to be together. So that's what
0: it's all about. That was very it's nice. all about. Nice. <laughs> well, and I just want to say last thing, and this was, um, from, I, I mentioned Gus Farwell earlier, but his, you know, his former teammate and a good friend of his, it, when, when he was telling me about you and I was asking him some questions, he just said, all three of those boys, <laughs> despite their, uh, for lack of a better word, manly exteriors, all had and still have this warm, caring side, which isn't common in most men. And he said that I'm convinced that comes from her. So I agree. Now that we've gotten a chance to connect with you, oh. that's that's where it starts. It always starts with the mama goddesses. So thank you for being generous with your time. And I, I hope that we get to hang out in person one day, whether it's on Jake's mushroom farm or... Or at a game, or next me time too, we're in Idaho, me too, let's, me too, let's get too. together.
3: I want a date at the mushroom farm with oatmeal cookies.
0: Deal.
1: Yes. Deal? <laughs> okay, I, that can that can happen. I mean, that <laughs> next time to me come is my in, heaven. We'll have Jake give me a call, and you guys can come to the mushroom farm, and
0: <laughs> boom, I'll bring wearing...
1: cookies. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank the
3: you. The best ending to an
0: interview of all time. Marilyn, thank yeah. you. You're the best. Okay. I just need to say, uh, love that woman. Number one, number two, I don't think anybody truly knows. And you can probably tell by some of the, uh, quality issues, uh, the ridiculous number of technical difficulties that we had for that. And she was still fabulous. Yeah. So I'm just thankful yes. to her that we made it through. But one of the things that was hilarious, and I'm assuming this was a technical difficulty, but when she started talking about um, the best trip that she's ever been on, and we were asking about what mushroom trip she'd ever been on, and she's telling the story of Jake catching her first, his first fish, and we're both sitting there going, "Wait, <laughs> so you? When does she do mushrooms? mushrooms? Wait, she
3: has and her three little kids, <laughs> and then wait, this is where is this going? And then she literally like, described the most euphoric, beautiful trip." that she took with her kids and her family without mushrooms. And you and I are like, no, but when did you take the mushrooms? Come
0: on. No, but back to the mushrooms. <laughs> but I was dying. Cause I'm like, yeah. man, maybe, okay, well things turned out pretty well and they turned out pretty well. So maybe I need to go my next camping trip. Totally, with my maybe kids, that's right. Just like <laughs> pack a bunch of that up and let's, you know, th- they're going to catch some big fish. Collins is going to, he's going to come out to have a fish like this big. I'm going to be like, what some is going on? Thing. Um, Hey, I got to ask you one thing and I meant to, because we didn't have time off the top to get into this, but it happened since the last podcast we did. So I just wanted to get your mama's reaction. Did I see that Christian got in a little dust up with, uh, with some Pats players during a preseason practice?
3: Ashley, Ashley. My children would never fight. No. So you need to calm down right there Mm -hmm. and worry about your backyard and stop (laughs) insulting my kids because they would not get in fights. Christian would never fight anyone. That was a a media propaganda
0: false reporting. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Okay, yeah. Here you
0: go. Yes.
3: Oh, shocking. They have a... Ah, team on team, everybody full pads, practice, really? Like it would be weird if they didn't get in a fight. Everybody that's had a team on team, week-long practice, there's been fights. Come on. there's last been fights. you saw what happened though?
0: with, and at least he wasn't yeah. swinging his helmet around like Aaron Donald. like there's yeah, right. there's another right. level yeah. of that. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But no, did you tell every, like it's I,
3: inevitable? That I need to talk inevitable. to Roger Goodell about this because I'm not I, sure this is the safest thing for these players to be doing. You know, we take all these safety precautions, but yet we're going to go full pads in the middle of the day, heated grown men against grown men head to head. And come on, when they've only some, been yeah, going yeah, against each other for however
0: tracks. many months. Yeah, right, I could right. see that. I think right. you've got Roger Goodell on unleash. speed dial, right? right. You've got, yeah, I'm going to give him, I'm going to send
3: him a, shoot him a text real quick and send him him a note, send him a note, tell him what you think about these
0: practices. Yes.
3: yes, He, he, to be honest, he got in a dust up. Let's just call it that just a little dust up. A little dust up. Yeah. So I grounded him. He's grounded for, took his phone away and grounded him. He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) For like a week. Is that like a two week grounding or? Uh, It's until the season starts. He needs to calm down a little. He needs to simmer down a bit.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I hope Olivia, yeah, I hope you told Olivia so that he doesn't, she doesn't just think that he's ghosting her by not replying oh, oh. to any of her texts. Yeah. Or she knows where yet. the
3: phone is. She will not, not tell him where his phone is. Okay. Nope. Okay. It's <laughs> hidden.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. Well, here's the deal this weekend, um, I'm not sure if you're going to have your lion's mane in time for Saturday, but I hope that you do because I want to report back next week if that's the and case. Rishi. But, and, rishi. and my rishi. And your rishi. Extra yeah. rishi on the top. The two
3: mushrooms mm-hmm. that are one, the lion's mane is really good for your brain. So it makes you, supposedly makes you think clear. And then okay. the rishi is good for remaining calm. It's supposed to calm your brain, calm your your limbic system or your nervous system. So. I'm really excited. It's not
0: for you, yeah. Lisa. I'm excited it. for you this season. Thank you. I'm really. I think this is going to be a whole new game. Uh, literally a whole new game. Mm-hmm. Northern Colorado yeah, at home well, on Saturday, right? And then Luke makes his yep. debut as a wide receiver in the Coliseum. Rice and USC. Correct. Against uh, Rice against
3: USC. Yeah. That game He's is the on the Pac-12 network. By the way.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. Yogi Roth are and Ted Robinson are on there the call. Yep. I will not be there. And but where are you? I, I will be Why? in studio. It's my one week in studio. We're starting off the Why first do you week in hate studio because we have five games. You I hate just, Luke. I you know, know it. I didn't want to... I, I felt like I was going to be too nervous. I couldn't I couldn't be there and watch right. him without I get you know, yeah. being on Mushrooms. And I don't know that I'm able to... <laughs> right. I don't know how the Pac-12 would feel about me doing shows on Mushrooms. I'll ask them. It's, it's always worth asking. You yeah. Know.
3: See what they say. Maybe they're okay with it. Who knows?
0: Is there anything <laughs> the that you want to give... Ted and Yogi, a scouting report on Luke that that would be helpful for the broadcast to know. Gosh, um, let's see, Luke. Well, to be honest, I've seen him. I've seen him play
3: receiver in in, uh, in high school.
0: Okay. So I and mean, I don't that, know what's that go pretty good between
3: high school and now, but yeah, it went well. Yeah, Dylan was his quarterback, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, they had a they had a beautiful touchdown, Daniel Dylan's senior year in the state championship. Oh, and that was really neat. They have a really nice little handshake. They have a great handshake. Oh my gosh, if something good happens. He's your man for the don't take those cameras off him because he oh. had a great handshake with Dylan. So there you go. Let's that's see. the, Let's the see news. That's so, the nugget that they yeah. need. Yeah.
0: There you go. They're going <laughs> to this is going to be good. And I can't wait for him to score a touchdown and do some ridiculous, awesome handshake. And yeah, I'm sure he's the, the kind the of player that would immediately hand the ball to the ref. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. He hasn't I mean, scored yeah. that. Yeah.
3: So we'll see. What does he do? I don't know. He's 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 he is. I will say this about him. He's he's emotional. He's a very emotional in a good way. He's really, you know, up and excited and Loves it, loves it. Has a passion for the game, so he's he's a fun for me. He's a fun player to watch, especially when things are going well. Not so much when things aren't going well, but when things are going well, he's very, very passionate and fun and very up. So that's. I wonder that's where he gets that from. We'll I see. can't I don't
0: know anyone like that. I have no um, idea. That's so weird. Last have you met Ed? Ed? Just <laughs> not from Ed. <laughs> Oh, Lisa, I love you. (laughs) Marilyn, we love you. Um, And our listeners, we freaking really love you. Thank you guys for, as always, tuning in. And we'll be back with much more from your mom next week. Good luck to the boys this weekend, Lisa. Thank you.